0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Turn your Bibles this morning, if you would, to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 39. We're in a series entitled Detours and Delays. Detours and Delays. Um, And here's why we're in this series. Uh, If you want some notes, we got some ushers coming through. You can get some paper ones or you can get our digital ones off our app. Uh, but here's why we're in this series here at Canvas Church is because we have discovered um, that as much as we would like um, our spiritual journey just to be really smooth in a straight line, uh, we've discovered that our spiritual journey is not, right? Like, it, there's a lot of twists and turns, ups and downs. Uh, we're calling them detours and delays. Um, I know, that depending on what church you are a part of, um, that maybe said, somebody said something like this to you, hey, come give your life to Jesus and everything will be great. Were you at that altar call? How many of you guys went and gave your life to Jesus, and you're like, wait a second. Like, right, like next day, you're like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel so great. What's going on? Uh, here's the thing. Um, if you give your life to Jesus, life still happens, right? It's just that you got Jesus. got Jesus. matter of fact, the Bible actually promises that you're going to have difficulties. You're going to have troubles. Um, but to not lose heart, because Jesus has overcome the world, and so we realize that man, we're going to go through some details. We're going to go through some delays, some trials, some tribulations. Different things are going to happen. Um, and so we're looking at the life of Joseph in Scripture, Genesis chapter thirty-nine, uh, because Joseph, from the time he gets a dream from God to the time he steps into the destiny that God has for him, there's thirteen years, and there's thirteen years of twists, turns, ups, downs, and and some delays. And, uh, and so we're looking at his life and we're learning how, how we can go through these processes and how we can go through these things. And I want to say this, um, that uh, just because there are detours and delays um, in our life, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you said yes to Jesus and, Right. Just because there's detours and there's delays doesn't mean that everything that happens between the time that you know, God speaks to you and you're pursuing the thing that God has through you, that there's just bad stuff happening. I want, I want you to hear my heart, right? Yes, there's clearly some bad stuff that happened to Joseph as we've been reading this, right? Like he was sold by his brothers into slavery after they wanted to kill him, pretty bad, right? Like he gets to Potiphar's house and he's serving for nearly 11 years and he gets lied about and thrown into prison, pretty bad. Uh, but, but in there, there was some great moments. There was 11 years of him's faithfulness serving in Potiphar's house uh, where favor was on his life and his life, his life was blessed. And I want you to know actually that sometimes in the detours and the delays, we experience a lot of great stuff. Are you with me? Uh, matter of fact, I, I just came to me in the first service today. Um, I'll never forget that some, some detours and delays in our life, like natural detours, have created some great moments um and there was one actually I don't know how long ago it was now it feels like a lifetime ago but we did a family trip um and so I can't remember what was there 11 of us 10 of us how many of us were in a, a 15 passenger van 10 of us in a 15 passenger van there was a seat for the Holy Spirit there's 11. um and uh we went to Yellowstone uh as a part of this trip and um and so we had been doing a road trip for a while we get to Yellowstone and we're in the park and uh, I don't know if it's always like this, because I've only been to Yellowstone once, but they were doing a ton of road construction. Ever been to Yellowstone before? Oh, not. Uh, you need to go, it's awesome. And I don't know if there was construction when you went, but there was construction. And so there were a lot of detours, a lot of delays. And I remember this particular day, we were in this van together, together. I think it was 14 hours. Yeah, I feel my pain. And I love my family, just not that much. All right? And so... Uh, we're there, and uh, we're, we're all getting a little edgy, like every single one of us. I don't, even, I don't think we were talking anymore. We're just like, hey, let's just, and um, and all of a sudden, and Cody was doing the, drive, Pastor Cody was doing the driving this particular night. And all of a sudden, he's like, get, get your cameras, get your cameras, get your cameras, get your cameras. We're like, what, what, what? And all of a sudden, this big herd of buffalo just come running by. We're only cruising like at three miles an hour because we're stuck in this drive. Just come running by. I mean, massive. herd, little baby ones, mama ones. And it was just this great moment. And, um, and honestly, I don't think I appreciated that moment um, until I was doing this series, and I was like, you know what, had we not been in that delay, we would have never seen that. And I want you to know something, that, that God's doing something in the middle of the detour and the delay, and that if your head is just constantly down, and you're constantly complaining and constantly bickering, well, you might miss the herd of buffalo running by. Are you with me? You, you might miss some things that God has for you, and so we've been looking at this together, and and here's the big, really the big picture idea is hopefully by now as we've been going through the series, if you've been a part of it, that you realize that what God is doing in that season is he's developing character in you. And, and that you honestly cannot fulfill what God has for you without character being in your life. And uh, we see that over and over again in scripture that people were, when they got to a place of prominence, they didn't have the character, they were crushed in that moment but it's those people that had that character that it was able to be sustained. And so here we are in Genesis chapter 39. I'm gonna to read to you verses 19 through 23. We read those last week as a part of everything we're doing. I'm gonna to read to you again, and we're gonna look at this together. What's happened so far as we read Genesis 39, 19 through 23? Um, uh, Joseph, uh, he's introduced on the scene in Genesis chapter 37. He's 17 years old. Um, the Bible paints the picture. He's, he's a favored child, uh, one of 12 sons. And uh, he's favored by this father. Uh, maybe you've heard the story before. He's the one that dad gives a many-colored coat to, and he gets to wear that. His brothers are kind of ticked off by the favoritism. And so one day when he's coming out to meet them out in the field, they, they, they said, hey, we're going to kill him. And one of the brothers is like, no, let's not do that. Let's, let's figure out something else. And so they throw him into a pit, and then he's pulled out of the pit, and he's sold into slavery. And, uh, and then eventually he's sold in Egypt into Potiphar's house who was a wealthy uh, leader in the area, and there he serves for like 11 years. And uh, we touched on it in a previous message that God shows favor to him in that season, and God blesses everything he does. Um, and we don't know how long uh, into this uh, season in Potiphar's house, but Potiphar's wife starts to lust after Joseph, and one day just tries to throw herself at him, and he does the right thing. And, uh, and he flees from the moment, um because he's like how can i do this sin against god and against potiphar i I won't do it and so he runs but potiphar's wife then lies about joseph and then joseph ends up in prison genesis chapter 39 verse 19. potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how joseph had treated her so he took joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained there's a key right there Uh, that he was thrown into where the king's prisoners were held. And uh, Joseph didn't know this at the time, but this was a setup uh, for where God was taking him. And he's thrown into this prison there, and he remained, verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph. Isn't that an awesome verse? But the Lord was with Joseph. I want you to know something, that when you're serving God, you're going to find yourself in situations and circumstances that you don't want to be in, and and maybe like Joseph, we're wrongfully accused of and thrown into, uh, but you need to understand something: that even in those moments that seem to make no sense and you're wrongfully accused, the Lord is still with you. That that God, matter of fact, this is a great verse, and I would encourage you to read it and read it often when you find yourself in a difficult situation, and just remind yourself: the Lord is with me. The Lord isn't with you just when God, when life is good. Um, And I think we need to, as Christians, to recognize that even in the bad seasons, God is still with us. That He'll never leave you, He'll never forsake you. That He's gonna walk through the good times and the bad times, and bad times will happen, but the Lord is still with you. And the Lord was with Joseph in prison, and I love this part, and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden, which is another theme on Joseph's life, no matter where he goes, whether it was in his father's house. Uh, whether it was in, in Potiphar's house or whether it's now in prison, God continues to make him shine and cause him to become a favorite. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed in prison i want to talk to you today about wronged while doing right wronged while doing right let's pray god we thank you for your word god we thank you that your word is awesome um, lord I thank you for these moments that we can gather around stories like this in scripture and and learn and grow um, grow not only in our understanding but grow in wisdom and in our character and in our nature and so lord i pray you would do that today as we continue to study the life of joseph and Lord, I pray you'd help me now create an environment for people to discover your son, Jesus, to know your incredible love and realize the awesome plan that you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Um, how many can relate a little bit to this? Obviously, you probably can't relate. Maybe you can, though, to being thrown in prison for, for something you did. Uh, but here is Joseph now, and he's, he's, he's kind of chalked it up like, okay, this is my life now, and he's been serving for nearly 11 years in Potiphar's house. And the Bible shows us very clearly that he's been doing it faithfully, and because of that there's success on his life. And then one day he just does the right thing. He runs from Potiphar's wife like, "I'm getting out of here. I'm not having anything to do with this." And then he ends up in the wrong in the wrong place. He ends up in prison for doing the right thing. Maybe not on that level, but how many of you guys can look back at a time in your life and you say, "Man, I did I did the right thing, but it seems like I got the wrong result?" Anybody relate to that? How about just simple, sim, I'll just simplify it. How many of you guys can remember back to when you are in school and, and probably much younger and, and, and the teacher would be like, class, I need you to be quiet. And so, you know, people quiet down except for the person next to you keeps talking and you turn over and you say, Shh, stop talking, and then you get yelled at by the teacher. Okay, yeah, now, now you feel it, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a simple example, but you're doing the right thing, right? You're trying to enforce what the teacher wants, shh, be quiet, but then you get in trouble, uh, trouble for talking. I, I can remember back on a few occasions in my life, and I'm sure you can too, um, that are a little more complex than, than being in school and just telling the person next to you to quiet down. Uh, one that came to me actually as I was getting ready for this uh, message um, was I was working for um, a husband and wife um, in a particular place, and and they were both in charge how many of you guys ever worked for a two-headed monster before monster is such a bad word two-headed creature right like and like like one tells you one thing and then you do that but then the other one tells you something different and now you don't know what to do um i was in i found myself in this position several times i'll never forget one particular time um and and they would spend some i just noticed i have to kick this down i, I kind of got ADD. Woo! Was that bothering anybody else i got you i got you we need to fix that people listen. um come back jesus and they, they what would happen was is on mondays particular i think it was mondays they would spend some time strategizing together um and then they would come in and share it with the rest of the staff what what was going to happen and um so i remember on this particular day the the wife came in and um and he wasn't there yet and we hadn't staff yet and I think staff was delayed till later or something. They were like, hey, and she came and said, hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z because we're gonna do this, this, and this, and I need this taken care of, and we're gonna run with this, da, da, da. It was basically needed to rally all the teams and set up a date, and we're gonna release the vision and strategy of where we're going. And so I jumped on it. I'm like, okay, got it. You know, not problem. So I set up the date and set up the time, and, and we're going we're to rally all the teams, and we're going to do this, and we're going to release the vision, and it's going to be awesome. And I talked this whole thing up. And, uh, and then in staff that day, we're sitting there, and we're talking, and he starts sharing. But I can tell he's sharing in such a way like, hey, soon in the future, we're going we're to talk about this with our teams. And I'm kind of sitting there like, oh, what's going on right now? And he, he mentioned something, I said, yeah, I've already set up the date and called all the people and got them rallied and they're excited. He's like, you did what? Who told you to do that? And I looked at his wife and said, she did. And, um, and he looks over at her and she's like, I never told him to do that. I know, you feel it? It's like right here, right? Like it's just, I feel that. Like, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, what do you say? I mean that's his wife what am i what am i going to do right like 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 say that she's a liar you know and i was just like I, my bad you know but i remember being in that moment and 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 just being like wait a second I, I did what was right i did what you told me to do and now for some reason i'm sitting in the wrong spot like I'm, I'm the bad person in in the equation here is joseph and he is seemingly the bad guy in the equation although he did uh what what was right He fled from the situation, and yet now he finds himself, because he's lied about, he finds himself in the wrong place. Um, I don't know about you, but when it comes to detours and delays, this to me has been the one that has hit me the most as I was studying for it. Because, uh, man, this kind of thing bothers me. You can ask my wife, like, 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 like something's supposed to be right, but everyone's like, wait a second. I just like justice situations. Like I just can't handle it. Um, and it just erupts me. And I find myself in those moments wanting to literally probably um, to a fault fight against it. Um, and, and, and maybe sometimes pushing too hard. Like, like no, we're going to we're going to we're going to fix this. Like, like, even when I was like that kid in school, like, no, they were talking. You were wrong, teacher. Right, like, just face it, you're wrong. Man, um, these situations are tough for me. I, I don't know about you, maybe it's just the way I'm wired, um, but when I, when I read this story about Joseph, something in me just is like, wait, this ain't right. And this type of detour, I think, more than ever messes, messes with me, and maybe it does you too. Um, specifically, yeah, not, and not just about me, but when I see it happening to other people, when I see other people doing what's right, Um, but yet they're getting the wrong outcome or they're being wronged. Um, If you were here for my my message last week, my last point in it was simply this. It was um, to overcome the wrong or evil with good. Overcome wrong with good. And uh, I want to be honest with you, that's not easy to do sometimes. Because here's the thing that most of these moments like this, when there's something happening, that wait a second, this is the right thing and the wrong outcome, it, it involves people. Here's the not all, but the majority of the challenges you face in your spiritual journey are going to uh, involve people. It just is. I mean, there's a few that aren't, but I mean, like, like the good bulk of them, it's gonna involve people. And in those moments, we got some verses for you today. How do do you deal with that? Here's one. Romans 12, verse 9 says this. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Can we pause there for a moment? Why does that have to be a verse in the Bible? Like, remember, the Bible is written to believers. It's written to Christians. Christians. And here is, here's what it's saying. Hey, don't pretend. Don't pretend, really, really love them. Do you know that it's easy to love people when they're being lovable? Right? Like when someone's just being lovable, like it's really, it's really easy to love them back. Like when, when the kids are behaving, come on somebody. Right, and they're just doing all their chores and everything, it's easy to love them. But when they cop an attitude, my kids don't do that. But like when I watch your kids and, and they cop an attitude towards you, I'm like, I wouldn't love that child either, you know? <laughs> but, but here's what it's saying. Listen, listen to this. Don't just pretend to love, really love them. You know you really love them when you love them when they're in those moments of being unlovable. Right? Husbands, wives, we'll... Go back to the kid analogy. That one was funny. <laughs> Listen to what it says. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. In other words, by, by me not allowing my kid to do what is wrong, I'm loving them, right? And I'm teaching them what is wrong. I'm teaching them what is, hold tightly to what is good. How about this one? Matthew 5, 44. this one's gonna get somebody. But I say to you, love your enemies. How many of you guys read that and you're like, why does it have to be in the Bible? Like you could have said a lot of things, God, and that's what you choose to say. Like where's the verses about, you know, you're going to smote? What's that word? Smite. I like those ones, God. Can you smite my enemies? How many of you guys are thankful for those verses, right? You're like, oh, yeah, man, smite them. I mean, yeah, I gotta look that up later and see what that word means. Um, <laughs> some of you had the same thought. So, um, I says, "Love your enemies." Again, can I can I say it's it's easy to love people when they're being loved, but you gotta love your enemies. Are you kidding me? I gotta I gotta love them. I must be honest. When when is that like like when you're being wronged? when you're being wrongfully accused, when you're being lied about, Joseph, when you're being thrown in a prison, when you're being thrown in a pit, when you're being a, i mean, really? I gotta love these people? I don't, I don't that's not, let's not, no, this is something you gotta choose to do. This is something you gotta make a conscious effort towards. Because, And here's, here's how you can do that. It actually tells us in Matthew 5, how do I do that? Pray for those who persecute you. Now that is not my first thought, right? Like when you get wrong, you' like you're like, I'm blogging it. Uh, this is going on social media. The only thing that should be going on social media is that I'm praying for Jimmy. <laughs> Let other people interpret what that means. Oh, they must be their enemy. right? you, you got to love them. And you got to pray for them. Man, that's such that's a challenge. When you sit and think about some of these verses in the Bible, they're kind of challenging, aren't they? And when's the last time, I, I mean, I know people come, and maybe I am their enemy. Some people are coming, hey, I prayed for you this week, Pastor. I'm like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Why did you pray for me? I mean, when's the last time you were wronged, and you're just like, hey, I just want to pray for you? <laughs> Actually, that kind of feels good because I know the backstory. You're my enemy. Praying for you, jerk. No, just kidding. <laughs> Lighten up, people. So here's my question. Here's my question. What are you going to do when you do the right thing, but you get the wrong result? What are you going to do? Are you going to continue to serve the Lord? when you're doing the right thing but you get wronged. Joseph when you're doing the right thing and you're fleeing and man and then Potiphar, the one that you're actually like dude, no that's the, that's your wife and you're actually running from the situation because you don't want to sin against Potiphar and God and then Potiphar's one of them, what do you do? Do you still continue to serve the Lord which is a great question by the way because I, there's a lot of people. That, that, that they get wounded in church or they get wounded in some relationship within the church and then they're like oh man no I'm, I'm out i'm out and then they take their wounds and they start their own thing and they gather the church of the wounded come on somebody now i'm not saying that there aren't wounded people in here but i'm saying the people that are here that are still here that are wounded are people that are working through their wo- wounds in the right way so that they can find healing and hope but I know people that have, they've been hurt. And so what do they do, man? I'm, I'm done. They check out, stop serving God, stop going to church. He said, well, pastor, I mean, do I have to go to church to serve God? No, you don't have to go to church to serve God, but when you serve God, you want to go to church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. There's never, no, if I'm really serving God, there is no question whether or not I love the church. If I'm serving God, I love the church. There are people That because, man, something wrong happened to them, they stopped serving the Lord. I've seen it firsthand. And let me just tell you something, man, the path is ugly. path is ugly. But see, when you learn to do things biblically, such as, hey, love your enemies, such as don't pretend to love others, really love them, Can I just tell you something? Every relationship, whether a married relationship or whether a friendship, when they choose to work through the most difficult circumstances and situations, that that relationship comes out stronger on the other side. Now, yes, it takes two. But I'm telling you right now, I've never seen a relationship that was willing to say, hey, let's let's figure this out and let's work through this. Let's have some conversations that came out of it weaker. They always come out stronger. So what do you do? Are you gonna serve God when wrong things happen when you're doing the right thing? Are you going to serve God? Here's another one. Can you do something great for God in the circumstances you are in, even when they are unjust? Let me read it to you again, write it down. Can you, Christian, do something great for God even in the circumstances you are in, even when they are unjust? Joseph, now you got to understand something, Joseph found a way to get there. And I want you to know something, uh, Joseph is the story we're looking at, uh, but know this, that Joseph wasn't free from all the emotions. He wasn't free from wrestling with all the things that, that, that we, we wrestle through. Now we don't necessarily see it all in scripture, but come on, he's, he's a man. He's a human just like us. And so he had to wrestle through all the feelings that we wrestle through when unjust things happen to us. But yet here's what the Bible keys in on. The Bible keys in on that even in the middle of injustice, God can use you greatly if you're surrendered to him. It doesn't mean you've got to be completely free from all of the feelings and all of the, all of the stuff that you've got to walk through. That's a part of it. That's a part of the process. What kind of feelings? Think about it. When you're in these, um, these, these moments, it's not easy. Sometimes you complain. Am I the only one? I'm sorry. You you take me and you throw me in prison for doing what's right. I'm I'm doing something about it. <laughs> I'm complaining to everybody. I'm telling everybody, i listen." Hiring me some lawyers. And if they don't get the job done, I'll hire another one. Right? I'm complaining. How about this one? Blame. Here's another one. Get bitter. Anybody ever gotten, don't raise your hand. (laughs) But have you ever gotten bitter before? Walking through some stuff, this doesn't make sense. Why does this happen to me? Why did that have to happen you get bitter? Yeah, been there, done that. Not free from it, still in process. Here's one, get angry. Yeah. Some of you can raise your hand on all these. Mine's up. Get angry, yeah. I was I was actually just this week uh, hanging out with somebody, and, um, and I was I just asked him this question: Hey, what are your what are your three biggest challenges, like your vices that that you're conquering in your life by the grace of God? What are those? Do you know what they are? He, and, he, and he shared with me what they were, and then he said, Well, Pastor, what are yours? And I was like, Man, thanks for asking. And so I shared with him: Here's 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 the three that I that I struggle with that I'm battling. And number two on that list was anger. Um, I know, you're looking up here like, that sweet, gentle pastor up there? So, why y'all laughing? Why are you laughing? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that was funny. Um, and I was just like, yeah, and here's the thing, my wife knows me well. Um, and actually, the, the biggest person I get angry at is usually myself. Um... I don't, I don't typically, I mean, sometimes do, but normally I get angry at the situation. And I like to tell you, like, it's a righteous. I like to just twist it and just put a spin on it and be like, yeah, as your pastor, I have a righteous anger. No, I just have an anger problem. And God's working on me. And God's dealing with me. Um, and I'm in process just like everybody else. Right? And so know this. You, listen, uh, when you're walking through stuff, you know, we talked last week about count it all joy when you fall in. Listen, that's a choice. That doesn't negate all of the other real feelings and emotions that you have. But the whole point is, is that you can get those in check by the grace of God and still do something great even in the unjust moment. I mean, I, listen, I've, I've been a part of movements before where it felt like, um, as a matter of fact, it was suppressed. It was like, hey, dude, you shouldn't have those emotions. If you surrender to Jesus, you shouldn't deal with that anymore. And I'm like, well, then I guess I'm not surrendered to Jesus. <laughs> right? And let me tell you something. That is false. You will. Until he who is perfect, Jesus returns, and you are with him in heaven, you will wrestle with these feelings and these emotions until the day you die. And that doesn't make you a bad Christian. That doesn't make you a less than Christian. Listen, matter of fact, the worst thing that you could learn in church is to—it's just, well, you just, no, those aren't a part. You shouldn't have those. And you gotta, here's, here's what happens. It doesn't teach you to conquer them and to rise above. It teaches you to hide them rather than break free of them. And if you, listen, the Bible is very clear. Whatever you bring into the light, whatever you expose, whatever you bring into the light is made manifest in the light and you can find freedom. You know, but, but whether, it's, whether it's something, you know, when you're walking through this, this type of a situation or circumstance and you, feel, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, I do. And so if I shouldn't, then I guess I'm just not a good Christian. No. No, recognize it. Surrender it. Ask for help. His grace is sufficient. Right? And that's not just about these emotions. That's about, listen, that's about sin in your life. But I feel like there's, there's, there's been movements out there where it's like, you know, like if you committed a certain sin, you know, well, I looked at pornography, oh my gosh. Yes, that's sin. But there's a whole lot of other ones. Gossip. Backbiting. Lying. Matter of fact, you know the Bible says that there's two things he despises? Lying lips. And one that sows discord among the brethren. He hates that. He despises it. Here's what what I want to tell you today. If if you're struggling with anything, man, the worst thing you could do is, well, I better better not let them know because if they know, then I won't be able to serve at this church. No, you better let somebody know. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. You know, Like, like, no, what's ever brought into the light? Find freedom. You cover it up, man. It'll eat you up. so don't think, as we're reading the story of Joseph, just because it's not, it's not articulated in there. Like, you didn't know he was there for 11 years in Potiphar's house until you study it out. He was human. He dealt with these emotions. And yet the whole point is, is that God was still sovereign over the moment. And that you can still, even in unjust moments, do great things for God. And so as I look at the life of Joseph, I'm like, man, where did, where did he learn this? what's one quality if i could look at the life of joseph that i'd want to share with you today that got him through um, these moments i'd have to this is the one word i come up with endurance endurance he, he he endured some things i think it's something i've learned and i think it's something that every christian has to learn how do you endure in these these moments how how are you walking through this season how are you dealing with that listen to what matthews 24 19-14 says This is Jesus talking about the end times. And he says this, Then you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. This is a real hope-filled scripture. (laughs) You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will receive. Well, hello, Jesus. Is that him calling to say, man, he's preaching good today. He's <laughs> on fire. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Listen to verse 12. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. It kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? But the one who endures to the end will be Saved why why does it say endurance is the answer i mean you're gonna you're gonna be persecuted you're gonna be arrested you're gonna be killed you're gonna be hated all over the world what do you need you need endurance he who endures through that shell how many of you guys want to be saved nobody all right it wasn't a rhetorical question how many of you guys want to be saved all right Woo. you know people are like oh did i raise my hand on that one i don't know i want to be saved but i don't want to go through those things you know like <laughs> trick question you know uh no endurance Endurance. Joe. I don't know when he learned it or where he learned it, but somewhere in these 13 years from the time he got the dream to the time he stepped into the place where he literally he literally looked at his brother and said, hey, all these things that have happened to me have happened for good. How many guys want to get to that place? Like, hey, brothers, don't worry about it. I know you tried to kill me. Not a big deal. It happened for good. Yeah, I remember that day you threw me in the pit 13 years ago. Psh, don't worry about it. Worked out for good. Matter of fact, i got some stories to tell you. Thank you for selling me into slavery. What in the world? I want to get to that point. Where I can look back and say it happened for good. Well, where, where did he learn? Somewhere in the 13 years he learned endurance. Listen to Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, detours and delays, for we know that they help us develop endurance And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this is the hope. This hope will not disappoint. Amen? For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit and fill our hearts with his love. Endurance is the key. Somewhere Joseph learned endurance. Here's the original word. Uh, It's the word hoopamoni, And it means steadfast. Constancy or endurance. Steadfast constancy or endurance. In the New Testament, it's characteristic of someone who is not, I want you to hear this now, swerved from his or her deliberate purpose and their loyalty to faith and piety and even the greatest trials and sufferings. Through even listen to this part. I want to read it again. It's characteristic of a person who's not swerved from their deliberate purpose. That I'm focused on what God spoke to me. I'm focused on the purpose. I'm focused on what God's doing in me. I'm not giving up on my faith. I'm not giving up on him. I'm not giving up on what he spoke to me. And so because of that, I'm going I'm to be steadfast. I'm going to endure this moment. Let's look like at Romans 5 here real quickly. Check this out. Detours and delays, or the Bible puts it this way, problems and trials create endurance in you. Not what it says? These problems, these difficult times, these trials, they produce endurance. Uh, it comes through going through difficult times, difficult situations, difficult things. And here's the thing you need to understand it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, endurance isn't like, oh man, that was a tough 60 seconds. <laughs> Endurance, it speaks of longevity, like I'm going through something, and it doesn't happen for, for, here's the thing, for, for, for Joseph, it was 13 years. And now I know some of you are sitting there like right now, like, oh my God, okay, I'm on year 12. I only got one year left. No, that, that, no, this is Joseph's story. It took him 13 years. It took Abraham 25. It took others 40 It's just I got to learn to endure. I got to learn to to walk walk through this, And, and 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 God's developing something in me as I walk through the trials, tribulations, the pain for the moment is creating endurance in you. Now check this out. This is what it says next: and endurance then produces character. Character. The place that God wants you to, he wants you to have some character. I mentioned it earlier, you will will never do the things that God has for you unless there's character that will sustain it. Character. But the only way to get to character is to have endurance. But the only way to know you have endurance is to walk through some some detours and delays, right? Some trials. So what's happening in the trial, what's happening in the moment is character is ultimately being formed inside of you. Because endurance produces, now, listen to me, I, I, I've looked at scripture, and yes, I know that you can get character by reading the Bible, and you're learning things, and you're applying things, and so maybe counselors and teachers and things like that, um, that, that there's some learned environments type of stuff, but in scriptures, there's only one thing that produces character inside of you, and that is trials and tribulations, because the endurance comes, and endurance then brings character inside of you. How many of you guys wish that was worded differently? I mean, how many of you guys would be so thankful if, if like we just, you gave your heart to Jesus, and then we had a character pastor, come on somebody, that just laid hands on you and imputed character into your life, and you're just like, boom, done. Doesn't happen that way, it's a process. I mean, I really wish it said, and tacos produce, kick. come on somebody. Because I love me some tacos. And if I could just get character by eating tacos, I would be the most character person in here. Homemade tacos, Frida's tacos, Crafton taco, Taco Bell, I don't know, I just tacos. Maybe not Taco Bell. But... That'd be awesome. Like, that would be awesome if this is just just, just character. <laughs> there it is. Um, but the Bible says, "Oh, you want you want character?" Gotta go through some stuff. Got to, gotta to deal with some stuff. And and it take it takes time. It takes time. I mean, one, one thing I've learned as a pastor over at church, and maybe if you own a business or you're in a position of authority, one thing you've learned is you can never elevate someone to a position of authority too quickly. Am I the only one that's made that mistake before? <laughs> and you put them in and it's like, whoop. How do you retract that one? You can't can't rush character. It's formed. It's happening. Right? The great thing is, is then when character comes, hope. Character produces hope that's rooted and grounded in, in Christ. In Christ Jesus. Worship team, come on up. Think about that. I don't know know about you, but how many of you guys have ever, ever prayed, God, would you just give me some character? Would you work in me? Am I the one that's prayed that? Lord, here I am, and I just want to, I want to live more righteous. I want to live more pure. That's character. Here's what you're actually doing. Lord, send me some real difficult seasons. The first one sounds a little more like, like, oh yeah, that just sounds so, that sounds so right. You know, God, I just wanna live for you, and I wanna be kind, and I wanna be full of joy. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna live for you, and the next time you drop to your knees, just remember what you're actually praying. God, I just, please send me something super challenging, super difficult, that I can barely make it through. Cause I really want to endure. It's only what happens. You, you can pray for character all you want. It's only going to happen when you face something challenging. When you face something difficult, what do you got to do? You got to take a, a just a just a, a page from the life of Joseph and be like, I need to, I need to, I need to endure this. 11 years in Potiphar's house. 11 years of favor, but 11 years of work. Only to be thrown into prison because he was wrongfully accused. But little did he know that being thrown in prison was a setup for the destiny. You never go wrong with doing the right thing, even though you might be wronged. Jesus, I want to be more like you. Oh, so you want to be betrayed by your friends? Not that part, Lord. I want to be more like your son Jesus. Oh, so you want to go to the cross? Not that part, Lord. I want. I want. I want to be more like Jesus. Oh, so you, you want to be beaten? No, not that part. But the only way to look more like Jesus is to walk through trials, tribulations, detours, and delays. But know that when you endure it, character is formed. I know that as character is being formed, there's a hope coming that doesn't disappoint. Because the hope is founded in Christ Jesus. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah, God is good. God is good. Man, I'm telling you, church is fun. Bible's good. God's better. Man, he's doing some great things at Canvas Church, I'm telling you. Eight families dedicating their children to the Lord. Come on. Miracles are taking place. Bodies are being healed. I'm telling you, great things are happening. And in the midst of all the great things happening, listen to me. Don't mistake a detour or a delay or a trial or a tribulation that, oh, it's just something bad happened in my life. No, embrace it. Embrace that life's about to get really good, but pastor, this is tough. But pastor, this is agony. I know, but if you just endure it, character's coming, and character man's bringing forth a great, great hope, and you won't be disappointed. And you won't be disappointed. God is good. He's faithful. He's faithful. Do me a favor, just close your eyes as we close out the service. I felt felt in the first service. Want to share it here as well. Um, there's there's somebody here. Um, You've been, you you did the right thing and uh, I, I feel it specifically within a within a church setting within a church body I don't know if you were in a position of leadership or um, or just, just being a Christian being a Christ follower but you did the right thing and in doing the right thing something wrong happened the route, wrong outcome happened you feel like you were wronged and, uh, and because of that you just kind of checked out I don't mean you checked out on God you still love Jesus um like you're just like yeah I'll never do that again I'll learn my lesson I'm never gonna do that again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna step out and, and, and try that Nah, I don't need to be a part of a ministry team no, I'm good I'll just show up I love Jesus no question about it you did the right thing and you're wronged and because of that it created a wound and you haven't really found freedom from that and so because of that you haven't you haven't stepped back in and I just feel like God would say to you today that now, man, you, your gift is needed. You, you're needed, you're, you're called for such a time as this. The church is waiting on you, God's waiting on you, it's time to find freedom, it's time to find healing. And, um, and here's the thing I feel the Holy Spirit's saying, and maybe you're watching online and this is for you, here's what the thing I feel the Holy Spirit is saying, is someone can't pray the healing for you. The only way you're gonna find healing is as you step out in faith. In that, in that area and you begin to do that thing again. And as you do, the healing is going to come. The healing's 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 going to come. And so with every eye closed, and every head down, maybe it's for somebody online, maybe it's for somebody in this room, but you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. Could you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, there was one, and there was one, and there's, there's another one. There's, there was one in the first. There's another one. There's three. Yeah. Um, if you're watching online and you're like, yeah, that's me, just text the word prayer to 858 943 2221 and let us know that's you, and we'll, we'll contact you. We'll pray with you, pray for you. But ultimately, here's what you need to do it's time. I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying it's time to step out. I know you're wounded, I know you were hurt, and yes, you were wronged. But can you do the right thing still, even in the unjust moment? do something significant for God? And the, and the answer to that question is yes, you can. So, Lord, I pray for those that raise their hand and God said "That's to me. Um, Lord, I pray that today they would take the next right step and they'd say, man, I'm, I'm getting involved, I'm doing that, I'm moving forward. And as they do, they would find healing and they would find breakthrough. And, God, they would find, Lord God, themselves in the gift that you have given them, ministering in your kingdom. So, Lord, I pray right now. Lord, we thank you for these moments in your word. God, I pray, Lord, God, we would take this and we would challenge ourselves to it and we'd ask ourselves those questions that, God, are we, are we doing, we continue to move forward even in unjust moments and doing what we can to see your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' mighty name, amen amen. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come on up, some of the small group leaders, pastors, come on up. And uh, if you're here and you were one of the ones that raised your hand, there were like three or four of you that said, that's me. Hey, listen, again, we can't pray it into you, but we can pray for you. Man, that grace to just step forward and move in and find healing in Jesus' mighty name. If you need prayer for anything else, uh, you're here and you need to surrender your life to Jesus, man, I'd love to pray for you, uh, for that, introduce you. Um, give you all the resources you need to take your next right step. and Or if you're here and you need healing in your body, come on up. Whatever it is, we got some prayer team up here. God bless you. Thanks for coming out today. Um, on your way out, man, find the young people, buy some baked goods, and send somebody to camp. God bless. If you need prayer, come on up.